just a little preamble to say we recorded this back in November, I think. So that's why we're still on about like spooky season, stupid shit like that. So uh, yeah, if you're wondering what that's all about, you know, just don't don't judge. Cut some bloody slack, will you? And welcome to another episode of Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to brew laughs, history, and addictive whimsy into a beautifully smooth little Sunday beverage. Uh, I'm Jack, and as always, I'm joined by my confidant, my friend of many a year, Franco. And today aye, we're going aye. to be talking about the Asylum of Talgarth. Is that right? Uh, uh, mate, uh, you should end up in a bloody asylum. Oh, <laughs> really? They should lock us away in an asylum, shouldn't oh, they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you don't have to be nuts to be on the pod, but it helps. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> I mean, it's actually a really cr- like tragic, horrible place. <laughs> but you know, you gotta have a laugh. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be able to have a laugh. Yeah, well. just have a laugh. It's fine. Uh, um, also, this is not for me and you. I've got a feature that I want us to introduce, um, mm. but I think we'll do it at the end. Okay. So actually, we'll leave this okay, in. Wait, is it? We, we can leave this in, but I, I <laughs> okay. um, maybe we'll leave this in. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh, how excited! <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you got to uh, listen to the end now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we can even record it as an add-on to the last episode because um, it's quite short. Um, but we'll mm. see. Let's get giddy. Um, so me and Jack, mm. just to catch you up, we're doing two episodes today on a Sunday. Um, Jack's had a fucking heavy weekend and I've had existential crisis. I've gone through, I'm terrified I'm about to die and Jack is mm. killing himself <laughs> slowly with yeah. alcohol. It's <laughs> very, we're, we're dealing with it very differently. Yeah. Different, it's the same sides of the, sorry, different sides <laughs> of the same coin, you might yeah. say. Uh, yeah. You would literally just tell me before we started recording now, you're like, I've ordered like a cardiovascular well, medicine. During the last episode, <laughs> like, I was like, I actually just Googled, during the last episode, I was like, fuck, I'm going to get some medicine. I just, yeah, I bought some health tablets on my heart. <laughs> No one you, said you would my be an absolutely bad. brilliant mark for a scammer. Just Ooh. going, do you want these heart pills? You'd be like, give them to yeah. me. How much is a blank check? Just give them well, to me. Well, my old man's got a dodgy ticker. It's really bad heart, and you know my lifestyle <laughs> has an mm. impact on my heart. So I'm just, I'm just know it's coming, and that's the worst part. It's like fucking the, the music in Jaws is constantly in the background. Going, turn it, turn it, turn it. <laughs> Christ, that yeah. sounds like the most real sort of. Uh, uh, <laughs> A description of anxiety about the Jaws theme is just in the background all the time. <laughs> that is it, isn't it, man? It's just that's what anxiety mm. is. Just constantly feeling the sense of oh fuck. So I'm, yeah, maybe I'm just in a bit of a bout of anxiety at the moment, which I you mm. know I'm prone to, as we all are, I'm sure. Oh, we are bloody men. We don't, we don't get any of that. No, we we don't ever talk. I about actually it. Yeah, can't imagine you ever having anxiety. Me, I, I, yeah, I've never, I never, I've got a bunch oh, of mates who all the time, mate. I, I don't like fucking. I have my camera off on Teams because sometimes if there's too long a silence, I like seize up and clench because I don't like the awkwardness of it. And this thing is, I'm so used to working from home now yeah. that I catch myself almost doing it when I'm when I actually don't go, go into the office and there's an awkward silence. I feel like my body's going, do that cringe thing you do, and it's like, no, I can't do that in person. <laughs> I think I'm fucking a freak. Well, I, I my mind. Mine's more death anxiety than awkward silence anxiety. Mm. <laughs> but it's mad. <laughs> I just don't and, like it. And the feelings are the same, aren't they? Um, yeah, same thing. Hey, look, it only took us... We're all, uh, we're all just bloody human, and we boys? <laughs> it took really? us like 47 episodes to tap into the mental health market. 
Yeah, sorry, listeners, we're doing a pivot. We're not doing history anymore. This is a, this is a well-being podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how are you? How is your well-being? Um, I listened to um, uh, one of our other episodes the other day, um, just a you know, quality assurance, because I, I actually hate listening back to what we sound like. Um, I hate but, hearing my own voice. Yeah. yeah. I, like. <laughs> I was walking, and it's so funny whenever I try and tee you up with an anecdote of what you've been up to, or I just try and like, have a general conversation with you. <laughs> I can like hear you go oh, scrolling through your phone to find your notes to tell me a story. Which in yeah. normal life you would tell me these things so naturally anyway. Yeah. But anyway, just, I think because I know we've been recorded, my my brain is going like stick to the script. Stick to the script. You know, it's yeah. like you can, you'll throw in a question I didn't expect and I'm like, right, ignore that and just <laughs> just fucking say the bits in your notes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got anything um, for us this week? I do. I was going to say, and funny you're on about anxiety, right? I it's the most stressed I think I've been in a long time, and certainly the most stressed I've seen Amy, right? My uh, my wife, for those who don't know, yeah. we went to this uh, golden retriever cafe, right? Amy booked. I think it'd be a good laugh. You just loads of golden retrievers around, and you know this this you can have a pint, you can have some food, whatever. The dogs get a free puppuccino and all this sort of uh, stuff. Non golden retrievers are like this. Sounds a bit like no dogs no irish what? like one of those races yeah <laughs> yeah well before we got there we were queuing and there's all these people with you know golden retrievers and everything alfie my dog was living it and um we had to wait because before the golden retriever cafe there was corgi cafe which sounds mm. way cooler and there was loads of corgis so then all the corgis left and then we got left in let in and this guy was like oh you can let the dogs off the lead but only once the doors are secure and everything so you get in uh he said once once everyone at the door is secure we'll say you can let them off the lead and you can let your dogs off the lead. I shit you not, it was chaos. It, I couldn't sum up like a scene of chaos better than just seeing these. They went, all right, can you let them off the leads now? And the place fucking erupted. And like, if if anyone's got a golden retriever, you know, they're a bit like, Alfie's such a, a lump, right? He'll walk past you and you'll boof your legs out of the way because he, yeah. he's like, I need to go through, you know? He doesn't really care that you're in the way kind of thing. Imagine that, but with like 50 fucking dogs and they're all about like 35 kilos or something. They were just running riot. We didn't let ours off the leash because we'd never get him back. But it, I felt like, I don't know if this is hard to say, but I felt like uh, this is what autistic people who have like a sensory overload oh, feel yeah. like. Because yeah, I was right. like, fucking, it was barking. There was like, yeah. they were rushing through and and like they were going, all that was happening, these these dogs were running around the place like jumping on each other and stuff and then you just their owners were like trying to chase after them but weren't quick enough and you just people going barney barney where are you barney you know and like they all look the fucking same and all that and i was yeah. just like i just want to fucking have a pint like i got my pint i drank it so quick because uh, amy was like i think we need to leave we paid for like an hour and a half there we were there like a half hour max we got him his puppuccino and like I was, I saw, I saw a drive-by bloody thief thieving of someone's puppuccino. Someone got their free puppuccino. I gotta stop saying puppuccino. Yeah, yeah I hate I the name. I hate the word puppuccino. I know. It's, All right, it's fucking. It's a thing of whipped cream. I know. I know. But it, it's just. I, I know you didn't make it, but... that word up, but it's just it's something for yeah. so twee and like, oh, is it funny? It's like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I hate it as well. But this one. Uh, All right, they had a, a dog whipped cream cup. Then, <laughs> and actually, puppuccino is better. Yeah, but this one I saw it was going, oh, here you are, like Benji or whatever, getting to sing, yeah. and a dog was coming past, and he just went, hum, and just stole it, and liked it. <laughs> and like, that was hilarious, Classic but I was Benj. like, my heart rate's too high to enjoy yeah. any of this. And like, well, where we were stood at this bar, they had like, because all the Christmas decks up and stuff, and this one dog just came and pissed on the Christmas tree right in front of us, and then every dog that went past went, all oh, right, there's a, I'll piss on that, I'll piss on it too. Oh, my and so God. We just, 
this puddle of piss was just getting ever bigger in front of us. We're like, can we fucking go? Like, I hate this. It's just <laughs> yeah. too much. Um, we we're talking about like so I I uh, this is a real mental health episode. Like, I'm neurodiverse mm. is what they say it is. But, you know, I got ADHD ever, and I'm not yeah. one of the new ADHDers. I had it in school, and you can testify for that. You had it before it was cool. Before yeah. it was cool, I wasn't allowed to do exams with people because I was too disruptive. <laughs> I had to do an exam on my own <laughs> with just an adjudicator. <laughs> Because literally, you'd be such a pain in the ass with everyone else throwing fucking pencil rubbers at people and shit like that. You had to just be taken to a different room. Literally, me and an old man in a room, which is wild. It's so funny to think of that. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I uh, I find lights and noise really overwhelming at times. I fucking that's why working from home is amazing for me. I work with the lights completely Mm. off, and it's really dark, and no one's walking past, so don't get distracted. So I find it incredibly facilitating to how i work uh, but on the motorway last night it was pitch black like the, there was no street lights on the motorway but everyone else's cars had their lights on obviously and it was mm. really intense lights were going by and i just went oh fuck fuck this and, it, and emma was like what's wrong it's like i was gonna turn off and just like grab drove the traffic because everything was <laughs> yeah. so in my face and bright and loud and really intense and just, i was just just close your eyes and fucking yeah, yeah just go but it came out of nowhere so everyone was like what's wrong and i was like oh fucking cars everywhere i'm just gonna pull over and stop <laughs> Stop and walk down the M4. Oh, I didn't. Like Amy was like visibly, like so uneasy. You know, like yeah. she was like, "Can we?" She was like, "Can you just finish your pint? Let's go. Let's just go. Let's yeah. just go." And I was like, "I didn't even want to." You know, don't be wrong. I never leave a pint. Don't be silly. But I was like, "I'll have to just drink it as quick as I can." And then I was like, "Can we leave really?" Because it was like this gate that they put, like a doggy gate, a big doggy gate in front of the door. So, so almost like you couldn't leave. But we ended up just like sort of. I don't know, winching it open and letting yeah. ourselves out. But I was yeah. thinking, it's fu- it was just fucking chaos. Yeah, that does sound and it wild. Was like, we were like, let's never do that again, because it, yeah. it was too much. I'm sure um, I, like my dog had a great time, but he, he was trying to hump these other dogs and kept getting told off, so I don't think he was like, <laughs> you know, um, the best their favourite customer either. Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, stop trying to, we should stop trying to like fetishize, or like, not fetishize, that's the wrong word. We should stop trying to like uh, domesticate <laughs> or humanise yeah. dogs so much. It's like the yeah. pack of dogs together are wild and, you know, they're not going to just want to sit down and have a puppuccino and discuss the Guardian articles, are they? They're going to no, want to exactly. fucking sniff each other's ass. And just... There was fucking, there was this one couple, they were sat on like, you know, like uh, sometimes in pubs or bars, restaurants, whatever, they have like the sofas along the side of the windows and they're like more sofa-ish than chairs. Yeah. Right. They, they were like sat on there. And when they let the dogs loose, two dogs were like <laughs> clambered up onto the sofa next to them. And they were like proper rough playing, like jumping over each other, knocking shit over. And this two couple were like <laughs> trying to do their best to be like, this is fun. This is great. I love this. But they were getting like boffed by these two retrievers having a play fight. <laughs> and they were, they, they, you know, the hair's fucking going everywhere because they're just being rubbed up the wrong way yeah. and everything. And it was just like fucking hell. And I was just like, I this is just too much. It and we paid too- fucking like 20 quid for the privilege as Wild. well. Just being really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna quickly pour my pint. Do you want to read a review? Do you have a review to read out? Let me just go get a new uh, pint. One second. Actually, put wait, yeah. wait a second. I want to hear it as well. I'm a, I, I did the old. I don't tend to do this. You know, I'm a Carlin boy through and through. But mm. I am. Um, I decided to buy... Splashed out for the older size. Well, I bought three bottles for the £6 new in Tesco, which I don't tend to do, mm. the big bottles. Um, but because it's a Sunday, yeah. I wasn't going to have a load. And, you know, I've been healthy, so <laughs> I just assume I think it's better yeah. for your heart. Or Asahi's better for your heart. But I bought um, Asahi, a, uh, a Heineken, and um, what else is in the fridge over there? Oh, Stella. 
But um, they are nice, aren't they? Them. The old big bottles. Oh, I love, I love an Asahi, mate. That's, I think right. it's become my favourite beer we, we, at the moment. We've it's said that, haven't we? Beautiful. It's, it's definitely becoming a uh, new house favourite. When we go for all definitely. dayers, we, Did... we, we tend to all uh, go in for the, the Asahis now. It's nice and light, isn't it? I was a Moretti yeah. boy, but Moretti's become a bit too heavy for me these days. Never been it's a Moretti bit, uh... boy. No, you've never gone on the no. hype, have you, for Moretti? Have you tried Heineken Silver? No, I haven't. What is I'm it? not a big Heine boy oh, usually, sorry, but they did this like silver, and it's like uh, like light. You know, they're saying it's light. It goes down so nice, yeah. smooth, and it's really nice actually. It's a bit, it's a bit more Asahi like. So nice. if you can't get an Asahi, I I would recommend a Heineken Silver. Well, this is not a paid ad. No. Just my humble opinion. Uh, and if you do want to do a paid ad, drop us a message because we're looking. We're going to probably start doing something in the new year, aren't we? We're looking to do. A yeah. So yeah, if you ever fancy, we got the anything, feelers out. Yeah, if you ever fancy doing anything. Uh, and you want to help the pod? Oh, we we should mention that a big help for the pod is people who donate to our link, which we'll put at the top of the episode in the description. Um, we find mm. it really helpful in giving us time to prioritize this and to uh, with the cost of uploading because you have to pay to serve, to keep your pods online and all that. Keep shit. things on the servers and whatever. Yeah, yeah, and the recording stuff we use, we pay for. So if anyone's got any shekels to spare, we really do appreciate it. Those who have done yes, so far, we really appreciate you doing so. I know we seem like a, a pair of chances that would just use that on beer money, and don't get me wrong, but <laughs> thought across our mind, but we mm. don't. We actually use it. Yeah, for we've the got pods, an agreement. Good boys, like but that. it goes to all the money goes back into the pod. So we put it on adverts and stuff like that. And, and, yeah, yeah. Such, oh, yeah, but if you go, yeah, if you've got a couple of shackles, spit <laughs> <laughs> flat ending then for that one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that. So yeah, that uh, we're actually yeah. an independent businessmen now, aren't we? Having to do this ourselves. <laughs> the money's um, corrupted us, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, do you want to do a net readout because we've got we've been yakking on, yes. harping on, even so. This is, yeah, I've got another review here. This is from a guy called Matty Griffin-Wells. Lovely triple-barrel name there. I like the name um, Matty. That's, that's a, a name of someone who's a laugh. It's, just like, yeah. it's a fun name. He's oh, not Matthew. He's like, who's got going no to the pub tonight? Matty's coming. Mm. Matty's coming. You know Matty. Matty Ledge. Fucking love Matty. And Matty you know Griffin-Wells, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. MGW. He's on the way. <laughs> yeah. So he said, uh, Jack and Franks are absolutely class. Oh, I knew we liked Matty. Already like Matty. Absolutely love British history, especially about Wales. These lads make it fun and stir up a deep love for Welsh history. I have mainly English ancestry from the British Isles, but the tiny bit of Welsh in me sings with pride during the retelling of these great stories from Wales. Also, I never managed to leave an episode without having an absolute cracker of a laugh. Thank you both for doing what you're doing for Cymru. You'll go down in history like the bards, keeping oh. the life and stories of this great country and people alive. Dioff and Valve. Matty. Matty, i got to tell you, i got a tear in my eye, mate. That's yeah. beautiful. He's like, he's like one of the bards himself. The poetry and motion. I know. Quite um, the lyricist. When he said, so, where, so where's he from then, if he says he's got mostly English ancestry? Um, uh, he's from America. It says All it says is United I States of America. Nothing more accurate than that. My, my, my. <laughs> my I do think um, Franks and Jack are absolutely class. I can uh, feel it in my bones. <laughs> I do stir myself. Uh, I have myself some high tea and I do declare I'll be reading that Welsh book my poetry. I come from a long line of coal miners <laughs> and I have to say <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm doing there. Just doing fog on leg yeah, kind always of. Always fog on leg yeah. We go to our, <laughs> we, We've our, got... <laughs> 
<laughs> the only trick we have in the bag, you'll yeah. fuck when I go yeah. when it comes so to American accents. I can't really do New York. New York, I walk in here. I walk in. It's not too aggressive. I like to think we have a sartorial, yeah. uh, deep southern uh, foghorn leghorn. <laughs> deep southern roots in our, uh, our, <laughs> yeah. our fan base. Uh, yeah. I actually can find out where most of our American listeners are from because I, I didn't realize, but on Instagram, and on one of the feeds, that we, on the RSS feed, it tells you where in mm. America people are from. So I think we should have a little deep dive. Because obviously most of them are from <laughs> Wales, lots d- in London. dox all our fans and find exactly <laughs> where they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we'll see where, where in America we, we have a more... Can we have like a, a decent amount of um, Yankee Doodles listing? Probably because we say things we like do. Yankee Doodles. Um, yeah, it's whimsy, isn't it? Whimsical. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, enough of this bullshit. Let's get down to brass tacks. Um, right, now tell me the harrowing thing about this yeah. asylum, man. So, Talgarth, now I know spooky season is over, but it's just got its spooky little claws into me. <laughs> and now everything from here on out <laughs> shall be spooktacular. Another shit pun. Like, it's like Puppuccino. We don't like, it's spooktacular the one we said last time we hate as well. No, spook, spooktober. Because it doesn't even rhyme yeah. with October. It's but stupid. Spook, spooktacular equally doesn't work. It's not, well, mm, I suppose it's spectacular. It's a bit. A bit better. Maybe that's it's a bit, a bit better. closer. Yeah. I hate both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks yeah. for bringing those up. Anyway, yes, enough I don't like spooking them. about. Let's spook down to spookless. Mm. <laughs> Actually, this isn't really spooky. It's just a bit bleak. But there's a certain spooky element that spooked their little spooky heads. Right? Sorry, I got mad. <laughs> I'm not going to say spooky anymore. Right, so, so mad, actually. I could end up in Talgarth Asylum. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, Targarth Asylum. Uh, also known as the Mid Wales Hospital, or in Welsh, Espati Gonalbarth Cymru, was a psychiatric hospital in Talgarth in Mid Wales. So, background, it's <laughs> designed by Messrs. You know that, that word, Messrs? It's like a bit like Mrs. or oh, Mr. Yeah. Yeah, Messer. Mm. Uh, so Messer Giles Go and say Trollope. like Mess, Messer Franks. Yeah, you say I, that, me, or is it? Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. It's um used as a title to refer formally for more than one man so simultaneously. Oh, so you'd mm-hmm. say Messers Franks and Jack. So you'd say yeah. it for it's more. I guess it's, I'll it's, take it's, your it's word multi- for it. <laughs> uh, it. It's like plural on men. Oh, so oh, it's multiple you, misters, is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. so used as a title to refer formally to more than one man simultaneously. So in the name of company. So often in companies you'd have mm. messes. Anyway, sidetrack. Designed by Messrs. Giles, Go and Trollope of London, which do Trollope. sound like three mean characters from a Dickens <laughs> novel. They're all, <laughs> all like... Yeah, that's when the uh, the musical notes take like a downward shift when those <laughs> dun, three turn up the dun. pub, don't they? Yeah, and go, yeah. Oh, it's not bloody... What was it? Trollope? <laughs> yeah, what Giles a silly Go name and well. Trollope. Dirty Trollope. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Trollope. Uh, yeah, so it was designed by these three louts from London and it followed the compact arrow plan and was built for a cost of around £126,000. So should we see what that is in today's bunts? Hmm. Figures in uh, £126,000 in the year this was built, which is like 1903, will be £12,600 mm. today. So, uh, £12 Spenny for a hospital, I imagine. I don't know. I don't Very. build hospitals. Uh, anyway, that's how yeah, much it's compact going rate for a hospital. Don't yeah, know. I imagine it's way more than that, but this is a small, very small mm. in comparison to like, you know, 
uh, big hospitals, <laughs> big mm. hospital. It sounds like big pharma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. um, so it was originally named the Brecon and Radnod Joint Counties Lunatic Asylum. Uh, and it was open to make, <laughs> I know, asylum. lunatic. I'll, I'll get into the etymology yeah. of all this stuff mm. as well, actually. Um, but originally named, yeah, the uh, Brecon and Radnor Joint Counties uh, Lunatic Asylum. It was opened and made public ceremony on 18th of March, 1903, by Lord Glanusk, who said of the uh, the opening, everything has been done that human ingenuity could devise for the happiness and safety of the inmates. And under the blessing of God, for their speedy restoration to health, <laughs> which, which to me already sounds ominous. Um, yeah just a little bit it's like when the tories say they're doing everything humanely possible to re- get refugees what it means is they're throwing them on a boat and yeah. kick them out to sail with like a disease within ship <laughs> everything yeah, humanely possible except being humane uh, yeah. what i found interesting was that the asylum itself was designed to be self-sufficient and it had its own private water mm-hmm. electricity heating and sewage systems and by separate means Ooh, so that the is rest a bit, of the area that is worth noting isn't it yeah <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <It's>, um, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 so it could. It, it was relied. It was self reliant, and it didn't need anything from the outside world. It also had a considerable uh, agricultural estate, on which able bodied patients worked to produce food for the hospital. <clears throat> so I'm a bit conflicted on this. So because being outside and having a role and responsibility can be really great for rehabilitation. It gives you like, purpose mm. and confidence, etc. Um, but if you're just like, if you have like a manic depressive episode and you're trying to top yourself and then you're forced like furrow Get a in field. the fucking field <laughs> yeah. and fucking grow me some parsnips. You would yeah. be like, mate, come on. Can I just want to fucking sit down? I don't want to fucking furrow. Yeah. I'm done furrowing. I'm having a really hard time of feeling really depressed. You know what? You should yeah. work in a farm. No, I don't want to work the fields. I just want to feel a bit better. So yeah, conflicted on if that was helpful or not. But I imagine, you know, it mm. would be good for some people, but it might not be good for all. Yeah. Although it doesn't say everyone had to do this. Uh, anyway, the asylum also had residential wards, a large recreation and dining hall, kitchen, workshops, and I quote, in which the patients were encouraged to spend their time profitably. Um, there was a tailor, a bakery, shoemaker, printing shops, as well as eight acres. So it did seem a bit of a workhouse in this place. Like patients were put mm. to work. Um, so that's the setup. Uh, and if you want to visualize it, Google uh, the photos. And you can also see um, it's rather like imposing and really bleak looking, uh, very yeah. uh, like uh, Victorian. Um, and you, also, you can also see what it looks like today in all its ruinous ignominy uh, because there's like a guy who's got his GoPro and he's like snuck in and it's completely dilapidated and broken. Um, and this little scamp has snuck in and filmed on his GoPro. Uh, but mm. it is worthwhile to have a look at. It looks creepy as fuck. It is like a if you ever to have a an abandoned asylum. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> I can't imagine there's many thing, abandoned no. asylums that look good. But um, let me yeah, have a look definitely... at old Talgarth Asylum now. Yeah, oh yeah, it's fucking butchers. huge, isn't it? Like as soon as like the grounds. Yeah, it's big. Um, someone someone has just done Talgarth Mental Asylum, and it's got like it's done it like a logo for like a horror film almost. Very <laughs> fucking silly. Yeah. Um, sorry, um, mate. Carry on. Um, yeah, don't the photos look pretty fucking intimidating though? It does look quite a. They do, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a guy's GoPro is pretty good. Like he goes through and there's like squatters have been there relatively recently in one of his videos, which is a bit freaky. Do you ever find that Heineken smells like weed? Uh, can't say I have noticed that. No. Um, I just had a sip of it. Then Heineken smells. Like we need someone to work here and just do. Uh, yeah, Heineken literally tastes like weed. Yeah. Um, it literally tastes Any like reason? skunk if it's in the green bottle. Beer supposed to be like, um, uh, it's it's on the beer right Why does Heineken smell like weed? Loads of people have said it. That's oh, weird. 
Yeah, um, never, I can't say I've I've had the association, but uh, if it's I'm on the a, internet, it must be true. I'm not a big uh, a, a big pothead. I'm no not weed head, you? <laughs> no weed head. But um, it does. I always just taste it. Hmm, tastes like yeah. I'm just anyway. Sorry, this is very uh, <laughs> I'm so so waylaid on this. I know. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, convivial. Is that a good word? That felt like a good word saying it. Does that mean what I think? It's it a good means? word. Yeah. I don't know. What did you say? What was the sentence? Uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> I said that's very. Con- it's, got, it's been very convivial of us. This this like podcast. Uh, yeah, friendly. Yeah, lively, go on then. I like yeah. that. I like oh, it. Fuck it. What is wrong with Weird. us? Why can't we just focus? I can't stay God's on track. Sake. No, we right. Come on, it. focus. So, like I mentioned, patients would tend to the land, uh, and the place was fully self-sufficient, and it grew all its own food. It had actual farms, which is pretty cool. Uh, or oh, bad. We haven't yet decided. Um, they had 12 wards, which could accommodate 352 patients, and it was initially used as a place to house people with mental illnesses and essentially keep them out of sight from the wider community. There was very, very limited treatment available for these poor bastards at the time, and it's just a place to keep them out of sight, out of mind. So, um, you know, I mean, me and you would have been fucking <laughs> we'd have been <laughs> yeah. wheeled off early doors, um, sent to this poor place where all these little souls had to fucking see out their existence. Um, mm. And to care, in quotations, for these patients included rooms that were completely padded uh, from the floor to the ceiling, and the patients within them had uh, put in strong suits, which we know as straight jackets. Ah, um, right, okay. Um, so patients in the early years, and I say early years because the hospital was active until 1997, um, but practices progressed with time, and I'm sure care was delivered brilliantly by the modern-day approaches to mental health, um, etc. But um, in the early years, you could be locked in a room with no windows, no furniture, and constrained in a skin-tight jacket. So just thinking mm. about that fills me like fucking claustrophobia. Yeah, that's um, not nice, is it? Yeah, it's horrible. No, it's fucking grim. And also, I I, I read into what happens in a straight jacket. So um, a lot of what happened to the people whilst they were there, they were left in straight jackets for far longer than they should have been, um, which oh, causes God. loads of pain for wearers, and it causes blood to pool in your elbows, causing swelling. Um, the hands become numb from lack of proper circulation. Bone and muscle stiffness cause the upper arms and shoulders to experience really intense pain. Oh, and what also God. happens is many of the wearers in these situations attempt to move or stretch their arms by thrashing around in these jackets, which is why institutions now take great precautions, such as monitoring patients and can form into strict protocols. But that wasn't the case in this hospital. And they would just chuck them in, them, yeah. lock them up and throw them in there. Um, so they'd be really Canal. doing an awful lot of pain, be really uncomfortable, and you're in a fucking yeah. yeah. I just imagine it'd be so claustrophobic that you're scared anyway. Um, yeah, the feeling of just like that constriction, you know, like the yeah, just I don't know, I don't it'd like it. I don't like thinking about it. No. Uh, but as time went on, throughout Britain, asylums were going through a bit of a rebranding, and they began to be referred to as hospitals, um, and they were thought as more placements of treatment rather than confinement. Um, changes mm. in attitude and better understanding of mental health issues. Sorry, changes in attitude and better understanding about mental health issues, uh, how they should be treated, i.e. health issues, not uh, not inconvenient episodes that should be ignored. Um, they should be more considered as like practices, like you know, um, sorry, they should be they could be considered actual health issues that doctors should be intervening with. Um, and yeah. as such, in 1921, the asylum changed to become Mid Wales uh, County's mental hospital. So the asylum word and the stigma attached with that was kind of being pushed. So for the 20 years in between, they then decided to change these to actual hospitals. Got um, it. Right, yeah. But I would say, though, this didn't, um, it wasn't really until the 1960s that attitudes really changed towards mental illness. So even though this 20 year uh, change from mm. the tame asylum to mental hospital, 
their attitudes to it were still incredibly barbaric from today's standards. Was but, it just like a kind of an, a change of nomenclature rather than like an actual well, change? Well, you can kind of pinpoint the twenties to be the starting point in which the stigma started to slowly shift. I say slowly, you know, so it's mm. another 20, 40 years, forty years until things mm. uh, progress to the next stage. Anyway, even with this name change, there was pretty horrific treatments continued. And again, like all of our episodes, it's really easy to be judgmental of the past with our new understandings of modern moralities. So I'm not. Not like passing mm. judgment per se i'm not being like oh this is awful because you know yeah. some people they actually might have been trying to help or you know it's hard for us to deem what the what the reasons were instead i'm just going to yeah. say these sound horrific by today's standards they're going to list out what was used um, mm. um so they would conduct deep sleep therapy to treat schizophrenia and depression uh, using barbiturates barbiturates which are like sedative hypnotic medications, meaning they make you feel really relaxed and drowsy, but they aren't used today to them being so risky and dangerous. Yeah, so this deep sleep therapy is really controversial and since been discredited, but it's where you use drugs that keep patients unconscious for weeks. So it's a practice that's lots of loss of Jesus death Christ, and stuff. Yeah. So you're giving them these sedative sedative medications to essentially induce comas. So you are you have someone who's got schizophrenia and you just give them so much medication that they sleep for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And it obviously Jeez. led to lots of death in patients um so that Mm. was in the 20s then in the 30s they introduced hypoglycemic shock therapy where they use insulin to induce payments patients into comas and produce convulsions which they would and i quote jolt patients out of their psychoses Jesus. So, I mean, yeah. anything with shock therapy in the name, like, <laughs> yeah, just, know. you know, rings pretty horrible. Yeah. It? Yeah. So they induce pretty much diabetic shock fits and stuff like that. And the idea is once mm, you've had your fit, you come hell. back around, yeah. you, you forget your suppression because you've just had a fit. Because um, <laughs> your body's been through fucking trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. obviously this didn't fucking work. And again, it's discredited. It's like, mm. here you go, mate. Um, uh, just nearly kill you. Let me just nearly kill you and see if that helps. Because again, yeah. this leads to a lot of death. Um, <laughs> And then yeah. throughout the thirties, so these two shock, these two therapies were happening a lot, and lots of patients didn't survive. Uh, but these weren't just um, using Tugger; uh, they used all around the world, and well, all around Britain and Australia and in America. Mm. Um, during the Second World War, the British government were desperately trying to find places to treat injured soldiers, so Tugger pivoted and became a military hospital, and then it would continue to care for those with shell shock after the war. And shell shock is what we now call PTSD, so post traumatic stress yeah. disorder. Uh, and during the 1940s, the hospital began treating uh, depression, schizophrenia, and mania using short pulses of electrocurrents. So, along with oh, probably the most controversial, so like you said, there, you know, you're using electro pulse, zapping uh, people with electric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're giving them uh, electric pulse therapy. You're doing these. Uh, you're giving them. You're making them hypoglycemic. You're um, also. <laughs> Why aren't you getting better? You just yeah. seem to be traumatized by this. Yeah, and you're also inducing them into comas for weeks at a time to get them, but. Mm. What they also introduced in the 40s, which is probably the most controversial of all medical treatments uh, for mental illness, was the prefrontal lobe lobotomy. Oh, God, um, yeah. That's rough, isn't it? So those who don't know, the prefrontal lobotomy is, again, a discredited form of neurosur- neurosurgical treatment for psychiatric disorders. So like I just mentioned, it's like depression, epilepsy, schizophrenia, things like that. Um, and the way it works is the brain has several lobes, each with different functions. And the frontal lobe was the part of the brain targeted in the standard lobotomy operations practiced in the 40s and 50s. This surgery consisted of making holes in the skull, which is, you know, always a great start, and then removing yeah. some brain tissue and severing the connection between the frontal lobe and the thalamus. 
Um, a lobotomy disrupts the connection between the frontal cortex and the rest of the brain, particularly the thalamus. And doctors believe that doing so would reduce abnormal stimuli reaching the frontal area. So such stimuli were thought to cause impulsive and violent behaviour. So they thought by cutting this, they'd stop people having violent fits, uh, violent episodes mm. of epilepsy or, or stop the depression or manic uh, or mania and things like that. Um, yeah. They used this procedure increased dramatically in the 40s. They fucking loved it. And in the 50s, they thought this is like a brilliant new uh, medicine. Um, and it was all well, like 20,000. There was a thing, there, like where, it, you know, you, you think of this, like the idea of this fucking severing a bit of connection in your brain sounds like something that should be a last resort. But because of its popularity, they said, I remember reading things about how it became very much like a, almost like a first response instead of yeah. a last resort to a lot of things. Well, what's know? awful? Oh, you're a bit depressed too, right? I'll just fucking carve this bit of your brain out, you know? It, they gave it a lot too. So this is during the 50s. So, you know, when the suffragettes and stuff was mm. getting, you know, women's rights were on the, on the rise. And most of the people getting lobotomies were women. So it was mostly given to women mm. who they kind of deemed as being, you know, you're mad. Why would you want the vote? Or, you know, anything like that. Um, yeah. Also, a hugely disproportionate number of gay men were given lobotomies so it affected mm. marginalized communities in a way of just because what would happen after getting the lobotomies you become a zombie like you become really lethargic passive you don't react with emotions you lose essentially mm. who you are as a person and you become uh, childlike in lots of ways there's lots of different ways it affect you but you do just become uh, a bit of a husk of who you were so um yeah. people who they thought you know being gay was kind of an illness so they'd, they'd treat them mm. with it and they'd also perform it a lot on women um so now, though, so this was all practices that were done quite a lot in Targarth, Tal- um, slightly disproportionately mm. so than the rest of the places in the UK. So now we reach the 50s and uh, we see a dramatic change in the treatment of the mentally ill with the introduction of medicines to treat mental illness. So we, they started using lithium uh, as an effective treatment for manic patients and would be a mainstay in the hospital right up to the, its eventual closure. Uh, something called Largicitil, Largicil, uh, which eased the symptoms of hallucinations, delusions, agitation, and thought disorders, and mm. was held as a wonder drug in the mental health community. Uh, Tofranil, the first effective antidepressant, was developed and started a brand new era of treatments for this common mental illness. Um, and these less brutal and more effective drugs began to transform the practice in psychi- of psychiatry within the mental hospitals and the reliance on these older mental treatments, such as hypoglycemic yeah. shock therapy, deep sleep therapy, and all those other ones. They all began, they got abandoned, like, throughout the 50s and 60s. That was it then. Yeah, maybe someone along the line went, yeah, you know all this, like, putting people into <laughs> induced comas and fits and fucking severing <laughs> bits of their brain. Do you think we should knock that on the head? Maybe? Yeah, should bash that off do. a bit. But also, like I said, <laughs> yeah. it was before this, it was seen as a wider... Uh, loads of people would see mental health as a um, uh, an uh, an embarrassment, and it's a really yeah. Uh, it, it was literally out of sight, out of mind. If you've had family members, you wouldn't go visit them. Um, you 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 know this no, is lock them away in an asylum yeah, somewhere. Away. And just yeah, and then, like I said, the, the embarrassment isn't on your, yeah. your family name. Then uh, um, due to being locked away, it could also lead to manipulation and you know abuse because no one's caring for these patients, bar those mm. within those walls. So. You know, you have these horrific stories about things like that happening. Um, But uh, this breakthrough in this new psychotropic drugs led to a major changes in mental health systems with the increasing growth in outpatient treatment. So people can't stick these drugs and can go back home living with their families or being cared for in the Mm. community. Um, And these shorter stays in the hospital uh, led towards the... uh, the therapeutic revolution and it shifted from hospital care to community care and that kind of marked the final three decades of Targarth Asylum which was then known as the Mid Wales Hospital um, 
so by the end of like the 60s the idea of it being a place where you'd have all these things happen it became a regular hospital until it closed uh, okay, 30 yeah. years later but it's um, regarded as one of the most haunted sites in Wales. And if you're into that sort of hogwash, then there's some pretty creepy photos <laughs> yeah. of spectres and spooks that you can check out online. Um, and it's still, because it's been untouched and it was built such a stark uh, remembrance of like the the early 900s um, and unmoved, they didn't really uh, build on it. And it's kept in pretty decent, um, you know, it hasn't been knocked down, hasn't been turned into anything. Yeah, yeah. It's a relic from the past and you can kind of, you can have a look around. Even if you don't go there personally, you can have a look online and you can see how brutal and kind of scary it would have been to be an inpatient at the Targarth Asylum. So mm-hmm. a slightly different one for us, but we are, you know, we're spreading out and this was, uh, again, is Welsh history, medical history. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. That was good, mate. Very interesting. I, it's, I just think it's mental. Like like you said, it's easy for us to look back today with like yeah. today's morals and sort of how we do things and be like, oh, it's disgusting stuff. Imagine like so mad to me to think there's a time where they go, oh, how do you think you cure this? All I'll do is I'll drill a couple of holes in your skull. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and like like you said, already I'd be going, I don't really like the sound of that. It's like no. when you would say that, you're, you're in a lunatic you're asylum and I, I have to <laughs> sever a part of your brain. Yeah. Lunatic, you know, yeah. and it's just like oh, so mad. Mm. Um, the photos, if I look, you can just I picture yourself being within those walls and how, uh, you know, if you've got depression, how much that probably wasn't going to help you. Uh, but it's a testament. <laughs> yeah, to when you look at when you look at like the sort of the, the rooms and stuff like that. You, I mean, don't be wrong; it's all dilapidated and shit like that now. But you don't think you should go here? That'll make you feel better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something tells me it's not gonna. Well, when, when was the uh, when was the sixties? Sixty years ago. So if you think uh, Christ, yeah. modern medicine has kind of been round from there, um, especially modern mental health medicine. So in 60 years, you've come an incredibly long way from before that up until mm. that period. People were just getting, you know, thrown away to different areas, locked down. Bottomized. And yeah. Um, I can't so believe that about know, induced like seizures and stuff. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Knock you out for as long as you could go. Hopefully you wake up refreshed. I love and, that it's uh, like going, hey, after we induced a few seizures, he doesn't. He didn't moan about depression anymore. It's like, yeah, probably because his fucking body is broken. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mad. So it was a brutal period from from when they started. It was, you know, a forty year or 50, uh, sixty year period of having some pretty horrific stuff done to deal with the old mental health. Mm. But yes, that's a part of Welsh history. Um, thanks yeah. for listening, Dilchen Grando. Um, drop us a follow on socials on Tales for Wales uh, podcast. So Tales Number Four Wales podcast on. Twitter and uh, Instagram and if you could tell your mates about it we'd love that an awful lot we enjoy getting the extra listeners and seeing this pod grow and grow um, anything from you yeah and you? any co- comments and things like that you know we yes, always love yeah. interacting with you guys like we love getting messages and like um, yeah, very fun yeah messages. you know if, if any nice stuff we try our best to cover on the pod and sort of yeah. hear your, your nice words and things so yeah if you want to get in touch and have a little a chin wag with us or whatever go for it Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.